0: Good morning, (laughs) welcome to worship. The heaven proclaims the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. My name is Beth, I'm a regular volunteer here. We are in our second week of our teaching series and um, about what we expect for Christmas. And last week we learned about um, being too complacent and letting that get get in our way of experiencing the joy of Christmas before Christmas is even over. So Pastor Tim, what are we going to hear about this week? And today we're gonna look at a couple of songs from scripture, some things that we call songs in scripture and from the Christmas story, and remember why they're important to our lives um, and why we need to take them with us this Christmas season. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be in your presence. Lord, speak to us this day. Work through us. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. So what is it about Christmas music? Most of us tend to love Christmas music. However, not everyone in the world is a Christmas music junkie. I know some people who don't like Christmas music at all. Not at all. Here's the thing about music in general. As I said, um, music, I believe, my experience has taught me, is, is a conduit to the soul. It is, it is, it's is—it is—it's something that gets our adrenaline going. It gets us Pumping, it gets us, it gets our emotions going. In um, in, in Jack Black's uh, song, one of his songs on Tenacious D's album, he said, "How about the how about the ability to move you? Music has the ability to move us, to inspire us, to." to get us to get us going. So, so I'll give you a case in point that I don't understand, but so many people do that I have to reference it because it's completely outside my periphery and out of my understanding. But so I will explain it in in one phrase that maybe you'll understand and so I'm betting one of you will be highly inspired, one of you will be depressed, one of you will be anxious, one of you will be excited. Are you ready? In one phrase or one song, one lyric. Yes? you ready? Go right through for MSU, watch the points keep growing. Huh? Who is depressed? Who is excited? Huh? Okay, so in all fairness, hail to the victors, valiant, hail to the... I have just expressed all of my sports knowledge in one sermon. So, If I ever use a sports reference, from this point on, you know it came from a book and not from personal experience. That's not a joke. That's legit. I don't do sports outside of my own kids and my own personal playing of sports, but I don't watch sports. Um, So for my alma mater, fight, fight. I went to Lansing campus, so I never was even on campus at all, so um, I don't know. I think they play sports up there at Mount Pleasant. Don't tell them I said so. (laughs) I don't know. I I think they have a team that plays something with a round ball and a funny-shaped ball. But, you know, science has proven that um, smell, the sense of smell, can, can um, connect to memory. And that's one of the primary indicators of memory. And uh, I case in point of that, the other day, um, we had a furnace installed in our house, and one of the workers was outside, and he lit up a Marlboro. And I was there, and I smelled it, and instantly I was like, oh, oh it smelled so good. I used to be a chain smoker. So, like, I smelled it, and I instantly was like in heaven. And I, I can't have a cigarette or else I'm instantly addicted again and I'm buying a pack and smoking. I, and my wife knows this and like I, I can't have one or I'm instantly addicted again. And, um, but I smelled it and I sat there for uh, two and a half minutes while he smoked it in this glorious scent of, of disgusting habit. And, um, and, but it was glorious. It was a glorious disgust. And I relived 15 years of my life. In those two minutes, but it just took me back that smell. So I mean, like it's true, like that smell. I mean, instantly I was back with just one. I was there. So smell triggers those memories, like and that it just not just the memory, but the habit. And and like I was like I was eighteen again, and and driving in my car, listening to Metallica Black album, you know, and her Sandman on the. On the radio. But experience has also taught me, though, that, that, that music also triggers those emotional memories. So it's not, just, it's not just the smell, but music triggers emotional memories for me and for a lot of people that I know. Um, and as songs come on the radio, it takes me back to something. Right? Like a song is associated to a thing. Right? I, I, this, this song reminds me of that, which is why there are keystone songs in my life. Um, so let me ask you, this, this be, I assume this happens to you, when that song comes on the radio that maybe you used to listen to when you were younger, do you, A, turn it down as to not offend anyone with your age, or do you, B, turn it up as to share it with your kids, grandkids, or anyone passing by outside of your car so that they could enjoy what you know to be the best music ever written in the world? You turn it up so that your kids, your grandkids, and everyone else can enjoy the music that you know to be the best music in the world. Because everyone needs to know that journey is important and they need to not stop believing too. Right? Am I right? Come on. Is that journey? That is journey. When it comes to Christmas songs, though, the emotions that they bring into our lives depend on the memories that are associated to Christmas's past. That's what I believe. When it comes to Christmas songs, the memories that are associated to Christmas past are not always what we want them to be. What memories do the songs of Christmas stir up inside of you? Are they memories that are happy and of chestnuts roasting on an open fire? I don't know about you, but I've never had a chestnut. I certainly haven't had one of a roasted fire, and if I did, it was an accident. I mean, and my mom probably would have been upset about me throwing nuts into the fireplace because that would have been not a good thing because it was a cast-iron fireplace and some logs would have fallen out. That's true. We had a cast-iron fireplace, you know, a fire thing. And, you know, White Christmas, staple in our house. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye. What's the memory, though? In our house, Christmas songs when they're playing... My playlist, it's, they, they play, you know, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby, you know, we got, we got White Christmas going. You now, Bing is playing, he's playing, but you're also going to hear some Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you're going to hear some Pentatonics. you're going to hear some Twisted Sister. Got to have my Twisted Sister playing because we are an equal opportunity Christmas song household. Because honestly, for me, Christmas is a mixed emotional season. And I think it is for most of us if we're honest about it. Because this season, is, it's supposed to be a season of hope and joy and peace and love. I mean, that's why we got those four candles, peace, hope, joy, love, you know, and it's supposed to be all that and a bag of potato chips. But the reality is it's not. I've had 36 Christmases in my life. I don't remember all of them for one reason or another. But they aren't all peace, hope, joy, and love Christmases. Maybe yours have been. But out of the 36 Christmases I've had, they haven't been all that way. One Christmas season, my uncle died. One Christmas season I was deployed overseas during a time of war and I couldn't get home. My grandpa died. And all I got to do was sit in a phone booth, sitting on the floor crying about it. Not every Christmas has been a happy memory. And when I hear, sometimes I'm sitting listening to that song and I'm thinking about when I was 10 years old seeing the miracle of Christmas, the magic of Christmas morning as a child with my family. And I'm thinking of Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye at the end of the movie with the Christmas tree and everything's so perfect and everyone's united and everything's happy. And I'm full of joy, hope, peace, and love. And another time I hear Bing Crosby come on the radio and I'm thinking of the beginning of the movie during the war and all the soldiers are sitting there crying because they missed their mamas. Because it's a time of depression and loneliness. It's the same darn song. Bing Crosby is singing the same darn words. I still listen to the song, though, because it's a good song. And I'm going to keep listening to the song. You know why? Because all those memories are important. And that song is important. It's important to me. It's important that I don't forget that song. Because it's a part of the story. It's a part of my life story. It's a part, all those pieces are a part of the story. All those pieces are a part of my life. And they all have meaning. And if I take away the song, I miss the connection to the story. Does that make sense? Without that song, I miss that connection to the memory. As bad as the memory is sometimes, there's also good In the memory. I wouldn't trade the 10-year-old Tim memory for anything. I'd accept 19-year-old Tim memory for the sake of 10-year-old Tim memory. Music is vital to the story. It's vital to the story of our life, and it's vital to the story of Christmas. It's vital to the story of Jesus' birth. So all of that is to help illustrate why it's important in our lives, but, but more important to understand why it's important to hear these songs from Scripture that we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. And hear them with fresh ears because it's essential to understand where it takes us today as people who have heard the story over and over and over again at Christmas. But to hear it in a way that actually brings meaning into our lives of good news, of great joy, that impacts our life. Because the song is important, because the story of Christ is important. And what it does in our life and how it impacts the story of our life is important. Because music played from heaven when the angels sang about the good news of great joy that came to earth in Christ. The Bible doesn't actually say that the angels sang, even though we sing it in our carols. But I'm going to pick it up in Luke chapter 2, where we, we encounter the shepherds. And it goes like this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their Flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in the in the strips of cloth lying in a manger suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others the armies of heaven praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom god is pleased so there was no song per se there was no choir singing but there was a message that was given. And a lot of people missed the message because they didn't hear the song. But the shepherds didn't miss it. The, the shepherds didn't. Last week we talked about how we miss, often miss Christmas because of the celebration. We get so busy that we just miss the whole point. We miss the person of Jesus. And this week we're going we're gonna to focus on not missing the song. Don't miss the song of Christmas. We don't want to miss that song, and that song is the message, what it says. And that message says that there's good news, good news of great joy. And that good news, that that good news of great joy is to all people. And here's why. The gifts of love that they sing about, the gift of love that they sing about is for all people. That is the good news. It's for everybody. It's for all people. That is the good news of the gospel that it's for all of us. Because up until this point, there's so many things that weren't for everybody. I don't know if you've ever felt left out in your life. I have. Which is saying something for being a white male in our culture today. To be left out. But if you've ever felt left out of anything, there's good news. This message is for everyone, that no one is excluded. And that is good news. Jesus' birth was told to, was talked about, what the information was given to, the good news was shared with people who it shouldn't have been shared with. Politically incorrect, you'd say. The wrong people were told about it. You'd think that the news would be shared with the religious leaders. The pastors should have been told first. Well, the district superintendents and the bishop probably should have known first in our connection. The bishop should have been told, the council of bishops, and then they would have told the district superintendents, and then it would have funneled down to us pastors, and then maybe we would have let you congregants know if you're a member of the church, and then anyone else in the community might have found out about it. That's how it should have happened because that's how hierarchies work. Right? That's how the culture would have worked. In the Jewish times, the people in the temple, the high priest would have been told because that's where God lives, in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. So the high priest goes in there, and he would have found out. And then he would have told the rest of the priests. And then maybe, if your sacrifice was good enough, you might have found out about it. Probably would have told the king first. Maybe. That's not what happened, though, right? We know the story. The angels came to the shepherds. But here's the thing. What did shepherds work with? Ma, Sheep. Were you clean or dirty if you worked with sheep? Dirty. If you were dirty, could you go into the temple? No. You were ceremonially, ceremonially unclean if you were in if you were a shepherd, which meant you could not access God in the Holy of Holies. You could not go to the temple to sacrifice and be purified. You could not be clean because you were unclean, and so you couldn't even go worship God as a shepherd. You were an outsider, an outcast. You were not able to be in society. You could not be touched by people who were clean. You couldn't even go to the church if you were a shepherd. Shepherds got a bad rap. They not only couldn't be touched, they got a bad rap and they were, they were thought of as, as thieves. They were, they were outcasts. They were the bad people, not to be trusted. They were liars. They had to stay out of town. They, couldn't, they weren't allowed in town. They were unacceptable. Sound like anybody you know? I hope not. Sound like anybody our culture knows? probably, because there are shepherds in our culture today. We have a tendency as people to have insiders and outsiders, to classify someone as less than ourselves. We have modern-day shepherds today. And so whoever your shepherd is or our cultural shepherds are, that is who God went to in comparison. It was the least likely group for God to choose to broadcast this message of hope. And by choosing the shepherds first, God is was telling the world, God's telling the world that this message of hope is for everybody. Everyone. Everyone. That he loves everyone and that salvation is for all people. Everyone. Everyone say everyone. Oh, but say it and mean it, though, this time. Everyone. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I feel like I, I believed it that time, so good. We went to the shepherds. There's another song in the Gospels that's, that's kind of sung, but not really because it's not doesn't say that it's sung. Um, and it's, the, 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 it's called Mary's Song. Um, it's sung by, uh, oh, what's the, what's the Greek say? Oh, yeah, Mary. It's biblical humor for you, 101. One-on-one. It's okay. Jokes don't get any better. So Mary sings this song after the angel Gabriel tells her that she's going to have got baby, um, which is Jesus. It's a little totally ending there. But she probably didn't sing it. She probably just spoke it. But the lyrics of the message of the song are powerful because it says who she is. And so this is what it says in Luke 1. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made his promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. If the shepherds were unlikely, Mary was unlikely. Mary was just a regular... Everyday, ordinary young woman. She was she was a nobody. She had no history. She had no 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 providence. She was she was a hardworking young girl, not from a royal family. You know, not wealthy at all. There was nothing about her history or character that made her notable in any way. But she was given the honor of bearing Christ. Now, not everyone would say that bearing a child would be an honor, but but it was an honor. And when God chose Mary, He was very much making a statement about the Messiah coming for all people. So God chose this young girl who was weak, who was poor, who was vulnerable, sending this message that the the Savior who was to be born is for everyone, for all people. So this song of Christmas that we can't miss is that God has come for everyone, for all, which means that God is here and he's here for you, he's here for me, he's here for us, for everyone. Because you know what? Like it or not, we're all people too. We're included in that, right? Sometimes we're dirty, stinky shepherds too. Because we've all been an outsider at some point in our life. We're all insiders, and we're all outsiders. So if you're taking notes on the message page, uh, message notes page, our, our we're going to look at three things that, that God means when, when, or what it means when we say that God is for us. So what does it mean when we say God is for us? The first thing that it means is that God loves us. And it's, sometimes it's easy to say that God loves us, and it's harder to actually understand what that fully means and so we're going to go back to that foundational verse that everyone knows and recites so many times, John three sixteen. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So let me just be clear. If I haven't been clear yet, I want to be clear now. God loves... Everyone, not just a few people, not just the chosen people, not just the kind people, not just the acceptable people, not just the good-looking people, not just any people, but just all people. Everyone, all people, everyone. The choice of Mary and the shepherds shows us that God is truly for all people. When we talk about God's love for us, we need to understand that we're not talking about this casual impersonal love. Because right, a lot of times when we talk about God's love, we're like, okay, here's me, right here in my spot. Love you, God. I know you love me. I'm going to be over here. And I'm going to go over there. And God, love you, bro. It's kind of like a bromance, it's like a distance thing, right? We have our personal space, and here's me, my personal space, and there's God. And we don't want God to get up in our personal space because if God gets in our personal space, then we feel uncomfortable. you just live too close. I'm uncomfortable now because you're touching me. You know I don't like to be touched. All right? God's love is not a distant love. God's love is up close and personal. It's a lavishing love. It's an it's a, it's a up close, personal, touchy-feely, poured out all over you Like, you ever, if you're older, younger, like me, lived in the 90s, you ever saw that, um, what was that Nickelodeon show where kids got dumped with slime? I lost it. It was in there a minute ago. Double Dare, dare, yeah. And you got, if you got that image of the guy who got dumped on the slime and it's all over you, that kind of love. Just covered in slime. Nasty. Just... Love lavished upon you, poured out all over you, covered, abundant, grace-filled, overwhelming, unconditional, fully surrounded, right up in your personal space kind of love. Romans 5, 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. See, it doesn't trickle into our, into our lives. God's love doesn't just, he doesn't like sprinkle a little bit here and there and there and there. He pours his love out on us. He pours his love out on us. It reminds me of that, that, that very well known parable that Jesus tells about that father and his two sons, where the, the one son um, wants his inheritance early, and so he, he asks his dad, and his dad gives him half of his wealth in advance that before he dies. And, and the son goes off and spends it all, and then, and then winds up broke and feeding the pigs. Again, he's dirty, smelly, working with the pigs, decides to go home, and then you know, ask his dad for forgiveness, thinking he's just going to live in the barn. And then on his way back, this is what this is um, what it says. It says, "So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him." Which is crazy because just like before, having worked with pigs, he's unclean. Not only does he stink, he's ceremonially unclean, and so his father's not supposed to touch him, or else he's is ceremonially unclean, right? And so he's crazy because the dad's not even supposed to touch him. Because dignified not only men don't even not only dignified men don't run, but they definitely don't hug a man who's ceremonially unclean. But he embraces and kisses his son anyway. And that is a picture of God's love for us. We are the ones who are undeserving and disgusting and disgraced, but God runs out to greet us no matter what. He pours out his love upon us and welcomes us home into his presence and forgives us time and again. And that's the song of hope. That is the Christmas song that is for all people, that God loves all people, that God is. That God's love is powerful, it is forgiving, it is life-giving, and it is eternal. The second thing that God's love for us also means is that God shares our pain. God shares our pain. God knows that we are going through a lot in our lives. He knows that we experience hardship and trials. I mean we experience joy and we experience happiness. Life is not always bad. Life is very good at times. We can't understand bad if we don't understand good. You know there's there's two sides to every coin. But he understands that we go through sorrow and trial. He knows our burdens. He knows our, our sorrows and our pains. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to our bro- to the brokenhearted. He's close to the brokenhearted. He, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God's love moves him to come and to be near to us. And the, the hymn or the, the carol that we sing, Away in a manger, the one phrase that we sing, speaks to that. It says, be near me lord jesus i ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me i pray and that's what god does through christ jesus comes and be as near to us he walks with us and he helps carry our load he doesn't take our pain away i mean we know that He knows all about our disappointments and knows about the betrayals that we suffer. He knows our weaknesses and our problems. He knows what it's like to be alone, to be lonely and hungry and hurting. He knows all of those things. Hebrews says it this way. It says, The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of them, all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are in his life on earth. He experienced the full gauntlet of life on earth when he lived it. The third thing it means is that the sacrifice of Jesus is for all people. God offers salvation to all who will receive it, to everyone. The song of salvation heard by the shepherds was a song of salvation for everyone. Jesus offers a relationship with God to the entire world, a Christ follower, and Christ followers can't, we can't hold that song back. We need to share that good news of great joy and that song with our lives, expressed with our lives. And while we enjoy singing the carols, you know, we all, we need to share it with our words and our deeds and our actions and the invitations all year long. It's not just about this holiday season and this Christmas season. It's about our entire life and how we live and how we act. So I want to encourage you through these next two and a half weeks to be praying for someone in your life to invite on Christmas Eve. Be bold about it because there's got to be someone in your life who, like me and probably like you, has had some bad Christmases or maybe this is a bad season of their life and they need some hope. They need to hear the story of good news, of great joy, that there is something good that has come to the world. That there is hope, there is peace, there is love, that there is a message in a person who has come to this earth for their benefit. Invite them to Christmas Eve service. Tell them you'll sit with them, sing with them, share the song with them. This is one of the only ways that that we can help make sure that they don't miss the whole reason for the season missed or missed the song that was sung for them. Let your life be that example and embody that song of hope. I also would invite you to consider and pray about serving as well as we move into this towards Christmas Eve and to support, your, support the church with your time there are a lot of people that are going to be needed to make those, these upcoming Sundays and Christmas Eve service run. Um, this time of year is the busiest time for the church with our services as we have more guests throughout December. And, and um, just be honest, it, it takes a lot to keep the church running during this time of year. And the warmth and hospitality we show is what makes people want to come back and experience more. Don't miss the song of the season. Listen to the songs and the music. Make the holidays great, but don't miss miss the message of God's love for his people because God loves you. God knows your pain. God offers you grace and mercy. God rejoices over you with singing and has come to be your Savior. This is the good news of great joy that we celebrate this season, and it's truly for all people. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here today. Let us once again hear your song of good news, of great joy. As we hear your message again, let it permeate through our hearts so that it might manifest in our lives. That others might come to know the hope, love, joy, and peace that Jesus brings into our world and our lives. It's in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus the Christ, that we pray. And everyone said, Amen.